Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It is amazing how much better your arm movement has gotten since we had the original Dixie Darling on the show this week. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my elbows up here. She taught you a lot. There's no question about it. Welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad to have you with us on the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon online, wherever you're tuned in. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And uh, we are glad to be with you. Real quickly, a reminder, two-hour special show tomorrow from Midtown. We just got off the phone with the one and only Big Nasty. He'll be joining us tomorrow. Reggie Collier on the show, Scott Berry on the show, Melissa Socher on the show, Justin Harris. And and in in case you've been living in a cave or under a rock and don't know who Big Nasty is. That would be Jim Carmody. It would indeed. All right, we've also got Brian Morrison in the studio with us today. It's so refreshing to have guests back in the studio, Brian. Uh, Brian is a senior associate athletic director for development, and uh, we're glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. Bob, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be on. Well, we always enjoy having you, talking to you. Right, so, so primarily your job is uh, fundraising for athletics at Southern Miss, and, I, and I'm curious to ask, I, I think – I think all indications are we're beginning maybe to get this pandemic really behind us for change, and uh, things are looking good in that front. But how tough has that been on your industry, and and what kind of an effect has that had on, on your job in the last 18 months? Yeah, no different, I think, than any industry. It obviously uh, was a challenge, really uh, forced you to, to reevaluate how you did everything, what you did, uh, how you spent your, your resources. But um you know, talking to colleagues across the country at other institutions, universities, Southern Miss is very fortunate. We've got a very passionate fan base, um, support uh, through donors that, that really never stopped donating, Bob, even through the pandemic. Um, you know, although we weren't face to face with them, phone calls, Zoom calls, things like that, we really that, that group stayed with us and knew we needed the support, you know, more than ever uh, and stepped up to the plate, whether it be an additional donation, uh, making their annual Eagle Club donation and a lot of them. Uh, as you recall, you know, we had just started baseball season. We made it two weeks in um, and had to cancel it. And a lot of them said, don't refund me on my tickets. Just just take it as a donation. Right, right. We love baseball around here. I guess you know that. Yeah, there's a few, few, few folks yeah, that like it. Few. Kelly brought up an interesting point to you off off the air, and, he, and we'll get him involved here. But this is city tax. Explain that, Kelly. This, the city of Hattiesburg had proposed a, a one-penny increase in the hotel motel tax that went into effect a couple of years that – money and renovations needed uh, at Reed Green Coliseum, and that's where this money would go. The tax is still in place, and uh, we think it has to be renewed next year. That's a legislative uh, process in order for that tax to keep coming. But, Brian, can you give us an update as to how much money has been raised and where it has gone so far and where the next funds are scheduled to go? Yeah, absolutely, Kelly. So, uh, yeah, very appreciative of of the city leadership and that and and the citizens of Hattiesburg that voted in that into effect. But, uh, over the, the last three years that it's been in effect, we've generated um, just for the Southern Miss side a little over $3 million, and then the other half goes to 
the city of Hattiesburg for parks and recreation. And they've they've been able to increase the zoo and add some exhibits, among other things. They have. I know a lot of city parks and sports fields, things like that, which has been great. Um, so our portion, we have actually been just bankrolling it, uh, sitting in an account to, to let it build up, build up. And I think Jeremy McLean, when he was on last week, shared with you all that we've uh, – uh, engaged an architect, local architect uh, in Mississippi, and are starting the planning phases of what we can do with the Coliseum, what needs to be done from an infrastructure standpoint, and then phasing it of what do we need to do first in order to enable the next renovation as well. What would you like to see done with the basketball room? Yeah, I think um, probably the top of the thing on our list is, is making it fan-friendly making it wider concourses you know obviously the restrooms updated um giving it a a real nice storefront off of fourth street you know that's the main entrance and and right now you really don't know that's the main entrance so i think upgrading those um you know safety amenities um you know in the seating bowl and then as well as trying to really make it a multi-purpose facility where we can have concerts in there where we can have you know, Disney shows come in for kids, Christmas shows and that sort of thing. And, and so we've got quite a bit of work there uh, for those companies that put on those productions to be able to get their equipment down onto the floor and, and make it easily accessible. I bet you know this, and Kelly probably remembers, uh, Luke's probably too young to remember, but I, I remember seeing some of the biggest rock bands in the country at Reed Green Coliseum when I was a student there. Yeah, I, I unfortunately did not get to see any, but I've heard uh, stories of uh, Great Willie Nelson. Uh, I mean, you name it, the the, the yeah. acts that would come through here. And we're Hattiesburg situated in a great place to get some really good acts between sure. New Orleans and you got the coast with casinos and Atlanta not being far. I actually got to interview some members of CNC Music Factory who performed uh, when their big hit "Things That Make You Go Hmm" were was popular in the '80s. And they Did said, you want to sing a couple bars of that? Well, never mind. Well, and, and you know, v- Vanilla Fudge played here back. And talk about psychedelic. Really? No, yeah, they, no they sure did. Vanilla Fudge played back here in the late 1960s. But the, the management group of CNC Music Factory said they loved the venue except, and what's most important to them, is the acoustics. They said the acoustics at Reed Green were a nightmare. But again, it's built for to be a sports arena. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing acoustics in that line to get in line for some of these shows would be a, a top top priority. It, yeah, acoustics and then the the rigging in the ceiling to be able to fly speakers. Um, where if we have that in place, it cuts down significantly on the cost of the production company because all they have to do is bring speakers and, and send them up. Right now, they're having to bring in all that rigging in order to, to set them up. So that, that would help tremendously. All right, Luke, get in here with Brian Morrison while we have him. I don't know any of these bands or music groups <laughs> we that you're that talking way. about. <laughs> we knew that. Luke, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, so um, talk, let's talk a little about homecoming. Uh, big, big week. Uh, a lot of guys coming back in for it. And, uh, you know, still we this week, even though UTEP is 4-1, and one, we, we feel confident, you know, in, in at least for it to be a good game. Eagles got a chance to win. But what else is going on kind of around the football game that our listeners need to know about for homecoming this weekend? Absolutely. Well, we've got, um, you know, Friday night at Spirit Park uh, that the Alumni Association uh, with Southern Station, and, and they've got a, a Friday night concert series in Pep Rally, so that'll be going on 6 o'clock on Friday. Uh, and then on Saturday, a whole host of things. Um, I know a lot of the fraternities and sororities are hosting reunions and get-togethers that morning. Um, and then we'll have the homecoming parade, which will have a route through campus this year, so it'll be neat if you're on campus tailgating, you'll get a chance to, to see that parade. Um, and then lead 
meeting up three hours prior to kickoff. Uh, we'll have driving and crying uh, playing a concert at Southern Station as well, and in, in that tailgating hub. Actually, they're they're there because that's what UTEP is going to be doing after the game. Driving and crying. Driving and crying. Yeah. Couple couple minutes left. I'd like to get back to the basketball arena because I tell me if I'm right about this. Basketball can be a huge revenue generator for an athletic department. How important is renovating the Coliseum in your eyes and Jeremy's eyes to getting the basketball program to where it is generating that kind of revenue? Absolutely. It's it's vital. And you're absolutely right. I mean, basketball can, you know, it's been great here. It can be great again. And I think we're on that path under Coach Ladner and Coach McNellis. I mean, both of them have been working extremely hard in this offseason. I know they're both practicing now. And I've had a chance to, to go by and catch practice of both of them. And, and I'm really excited about what these basketball seasons going to look like. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, in order to, we, we were talking about it before coming on the air of just, you know, how spectators and fans, how their priorities have changed when going to a sporting event. You know, it's it's not just now they want to go be with 10,000 of their best friends. They want amenities. They want comfortable seating. They want to get in and out easy. They want premium concession stands. So I, we, we've got to do all those things where it's inviting for them to come and they have a good time. And they may not be a big basketball fan, but if we can get them there because it's a whole experience, you know, that can you, helps. Can you renovate it without giving them Wi-Fi? Or is that just <laughs> something that you just simply have to do in today's world? Yeah, I think we're, we're at that point in today's world that uh, – if we did not have Wi-Fi, we, we, we might not have many people there. The thing you have to understand about basketball, too, is from an expense standpoint, and certainly I'm not trying to tell you, you straighten me out if I'm wrong here, Brian, but from an expense standpoint, basketball is rel- very inexpensive to yeah, administer. You yeah, have you make few, a lot of money with basketball. You have few scholarships, really, that, you, that you're giving out. Your travel expenses don't include 150 people, right? So so it doesn't take a whole lot of money to make money on basketball because your expenses, your over. Well, is less it is yeah from that standpoint uh you're right i mean it's we're not traveling you know 75 guys like we would on a football way trip it is minimal you know one thing on basketball you do travel a lot more than football um you can have multiple road games in a week and so you've got flights and hotels and buses um but yeah relatively speaking you know you're not buying shoulder pads and and cleats and things like that but um you know the one thing that's changed in basketball really the last couple of years is um is the ncaa allows you pretty much they can practice year-round um and so we do need to provide those resources where they have that opportunity to practice year-round uh from a strength and conditioning standpoint, a nutrition standpoint. And so, you know, although it, it, the, the budget on expense side may not seem as big as, as some of other sports, um, we've got to continue putting resources in there to help them be successful. My final question real quick as we're going into to a break here, Brian. So when you give money to the university, I'm told by CPAs that if you give money to the Eagle Club, it is not deductible. But if you give it to the foundation, it is. And I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. Or that that's right. Do we have time, Bob? Or are we going yeah, into a thirty break? seconds? Okay. Go ahead. Um, so actually, I don't know where that information came from. Not true. So the, okay. the Eagle Club is a part of the Athletic Foundation. Okay. And so if you give to the Eagle Club, it's going to the Athletic Foundation, a registered five hundred one c three and tax deductible. Right, Perfect. Brian, thank yeah. you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. you're welcome here anytime. Thank you both. Appreciate all you do for us, Brian Morrison. Everybody, Senior Associate Athletic Director for Development. Next up, leading rusher in Southern Miss football history, Damian Fletcher on the show. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Brian Morrison for joining us uh, in the opening segment of the show. Also, want to give our 
thanks to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Great place to go this weekend for your tailgate. And the lady we love a lot, Miss Kathleen, down at the Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street, campusbookmart.net. We thank them both for all they do for the Eagle Hour and for Southern Miss Athletics and encourage you to do business with them. All right, I just love doing these kind of intros, guys. Our next guest, and give me just a minute to go down this. Uh, our next guest in 2006 set a school record and conference record for the most rushing yards by a freshman, 1,388 yards, made freshman All-America. In 2007, he was the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year, All-American, 1,586 yards rushing, GMAC Bowl MVP. 2008, another 1,313 yards. 2009, another 1,015 yards. He ends up as the all-time leading rusher at Southern Miss with 5,302 yards, ninth player in NCAA history, only nine, to rush for 1,000 yards four straight years. Second place school history, all-purpose yards, the number one leading rusher Southern Miss football history. We're happy to welcome Damian Fletcher to the Eagle. Damian, did I forget about anything? I mean, it took me a while there to get through your intro. (laughs) I know, man. You, you rung off some things that I hadn't heard in so long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell you one other thing before we get started. I, I'm going to tell you after reviewing all this, Kelly Center, you can get him. This man needs to be on the Ring of Honor in the football stadium. This man's the all-time leading rusher in Southern Miss proud football history. His name ought to be up there. And I don't even know what Damien's doing for a living now, but with just that, he deserves a raise. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Give us your boss's phone number after the show, Damien. We'll give him a call. So how are you, man? We appreciate you being on the Eagle Hour. Man, I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, It was a pleasant surprise to be able to to get back and and talk to some Southern Miss guys and, and everything like that. So I really appreciate it. So you were like the workhorse here when when you were running. Was there ever a time that you just physically were worn down? Because I didn't get into all the carries, but my gosh, you had a thousand plus carries. I suspect in, in your tenure here. How tough is that uh, on a running back? I mean, yeah, I mean, volumes it speaks for itself with all the carries. But I mean, I, I was pretty durable, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, the guys, you know, the training staff and stuff like that kept me on top of. Uh, my health as far as keeping me in the training room if I had something going on. So Todd McCall up there did a pretty good job with me. All right, Luke Johnson's, I think, the second all-time leading punter in Southern Miss history. Here's your chance to talk to the all-time leading rusher, Luke. Let me tell you what happened with Fletch. So my senior year, we're in a team meeting, and Coach Bauer says, hey, guys, we're joined today here by uh, by our newest uh, commit, Damian Fletcher from Biloxi. Stand up, Damian. Stand up. And and so Damian stood up, and none of us could see him. So all these dudes start saying, Who, this, we can't even see this guy. How short is he? Where is he in the back? Everybody like, man, that dude ain't going to play. There ain't no way that dude going to play. And then he showed up, and he did nothing but play. I'm sure you remember that, Damian. There was a little chatter going on in the room. It was really funny. Yeah, it was it was great, man. Uh, Coach Bauer came personally. Uh, came down to Biloxi and saw me when I was uh, in high school. I don't know if that's legal or not, but um, he told me I was going to have a shot to play as a true freshman. And uh, that's one of the main reasons I came to Southern Miss. 
1,388 yards as a freshman. Of course, uh, offense changed a little bit under Coach Fedora coming in. But, you know, that was uh, that was an interesting um, uh, interesting time. And, and people forget in 06, uh, we played for the Conference USA Championship. And I guess, guess let's let's talk about there first, coming in as a true freshman, playing immediately, and then being part of a, a run like you guys had in 06. I know that was pretty exciting. It was, man. And uh, you don't realize how hard it is to get to those championship games. I kind of got spoiled. Cause I didn't get to play in another one my whole time there. So uh, we went my first year, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, just be here and walk to the championship every year." But it's a, uh, it's very tough to do. And um, yeah, it's, the coaches were great, you know. Actually, getting to there. I think probably what's tougher than what he did as a freshman is to come back as a sophomore, because as a freshman, you really, to a degree, the element of surprise, right? Yes, but the fact that you were coming back year after year, teams prepared then specifically for you. Yet you were still able to achieve. Your thoughts on all that, uh, Damian? Yeah, you wouldn't believe how many uh, reporters. I guess after my freshman season, would always be like, uh, "Yeah, we don't, you know, necessarily think you'd be able to do it next year because you kind of caught everybody by surprise your freshman year. Nobody knew who you were, and et cetera." And, uh, you know, I came back and did it again next year. And then they kind of were like, well, you know, maybe they're still not ready. And I did it again. I was like, all right, there's no question now. <laughs> they, they stopped asking me after that. There's no more catching people by surprise. When when you were recruited by Coach Bauer, what, what particular part of your skill set was he most impressed with? Uh, I, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure. Maybe just my – my determination, my heart. I know I played every down, even in practice. I was 110%. I was a, a big practice player, so I practiced like I played, and I think he saw that, and he knew that I was determined to prove a lot of people wrong and, and kind of approach it with a chip on my shoulder, and uh, everything worked out. And you stayed healthy. That's always a you know a big big. That's piece always of, a plus. <laughs> and, and and with what you did on the field too, Fletch. I imagine you had uh, young ladies you know lined up five or six across and six or seven deep. <laughs> yeah. oh, you don't have to answer yeah, that, Damien. That. You, you don't have to answer that. You can decline. <laughs> no comment. We're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, good. Think, I think you answered hey, here, it right there, Damien. Yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> let me take you back to a, a game in 2008, and the reason I say this is the same homecoming. Uh, opponent this weekend, UTEP. You rushed for the second most uh, yards ever in a game, 260 yards uh, your junior year against UTEP. What was so special about that game? Oh, man. Uh, I think we had played UTEP the previous year in UTEP, and I had 200 and something yards rushing on them. I was like, going into the game, I'm like, yeah. You know, I was like, I kind of knew I was going to have a lot of yards, but I didn't expect it to be that many. But I was like, they let me go for 200-plus back-to-back. I was like, thanks, UTEP. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. question. Toughest opponent you ever played against, uh, Fletch. Toughest team that when the game was over, you said, gum, man, that, that, was a, that was a tough game. Man, believe it or not, it's probably my very first game against Florida, uh, the Gators. I kind of got broken in right off the bat playing against one of the top defenses to ever play in college, I think. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they beat me up pretty bad. And I was like, man, is this what college football is going to be like? And then, you know, it got kind of easier after that game. Yeah, from, from Biloxi High School to the University of Florida. What was the biggest difference in the players that you were competing against from your senior, your last game in high school to the night you played against the Gators? Oh, man, just the speed and the physicality of the game. It changed. Uh, I would say got twice as fast. Everybody got twice as big. Uh, 
it was just yeah, the game was much much faster paced. See the difference between the athletes today and the athlete. Like he said after that game with Florida, he said, "If this is what college football is all about." Today they probably quit. Yeah, he'd so, yeah. they'd say, "Oh uh, man, I was like, it's going to be rough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but today they'd say, "I'm not playing anymore." That almost seems unfair <laughs> to take a young man from high school in the first game. You're running the ball against the Florida Gators because you're getting hit every time you touch the football, right? That was yeah, uh, like was actually playing against some twenty-something-year-old guys, like grown men. I'm like, oh lord. They won, yeah. I think they won the national championship that year. It was Tebow's. I think Tebow scored his first. They did. Uh, it was his first touchdown. game too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was pretty, pretty, pretty wild flitch. But think about you know the guys that you played with. Uh, McGrath was was there uh, with you. Uh, Austin Davis was there with you. DeAndre Brown was there with you. So many of those guys that, that you know that kind of led up. We saw the the run again in 2011, 2010 was was real close. But you were a part there with 08 and 09 sp- specifically with the transition. And I guess I would ask you that. And the last question for me: What was okay. the transition like between Coach Bauer and and Coach Fedora? I mean, I know a, a lot of guys have different perspectives on that. It was a different culture, a different offense. But how did yeah. you take that as kind of uh, one of the leaders on the team? Uh, yeah, like you said, it was, it was to me it was night and day. There were two completely different coaches. One was very offensive minded. One was uh, more of a more finesse. The other one was more like old school and defensive minded. Kind of not to say he wasn't offensive minded as well, but uh, just two completely different things. We went to a more of a step from a pro style to a spread offense. Um, I mean, we just kind of had to adjust and adapt to to the new coach. They were completely different in my eyes. Hey, Damien, have you got a few minutes? Can you hang through the break with us and uh, stick around with us a little while longer? Yeah. Sure. Okay, we'd love to get your observations about college football today, uh, about the Southern Miss program today, and our listeners always love hearing what our former athletes are, are doing. So we're going to continue the show with Damian Fletcher, all-time leading rusher in Southern Miss football history, Kelly Sanders. I'm looking at your sheet, Bob, and it's, it's like Santa Claus's list. All, all this wasn't the... everything, brother. I just wrote down the highlights. I, I could have done two, two <laughs> sheets. I think, I think I could have provided the longest introduction of any guest we've ever had with Damian Fletcher. Did you put, did you put my Connerly in there? No, let me let me write that down right now. What year was that, Damien? <laughs> I, think was, I think it was my sophomore year. I apologize for overlooking that, but uh, the no, man no, the no, man I, has rushed more. <laughs> the man has rushed for more yards in his college career than Bo Jackson, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Marcus Allen, Darren McFadden, and Thurman Thomas. Those guys were in this Golden Eagle. <laughs> All right, Damien, is that enough? You want me to do a little more research during the break? No, man, no, no. All right. Just perfect, man. We're talking to Damien Fletcher. He's going to continue with us on the Eagle Hour right after this. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
We're back on a Thursday. Happy to have you along with us on the Eagle Hour. If you're catching us live, appreciate you taking your lunch break and joining us. If you're listening to this later, we hope that you will continue to listen to us on podcast form. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can listen to the Eagle Hour on demand anytime. SupertalkHattiesburg.com, SupertalkLaurel.com. Uh, we appreciate our uh, our sponsors uh, like 4th Street. They sponsor us, our, our third segment of the show, every single day, 8.95 lunch, fried catfish Friday. Tomorrow, Bob Getty gives that a two-thumbs-up, although Kelly Sander, he never joins us. Uh, but anyway, Bob uh, Bob approves this. Someone has I guess to somebody's got to do the hard work. Yeah, somebody has has to work. Anyway, Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. It is the full gang today from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We are uh, joined again by Damian Fletcher, the greatest running back in the history of Southern Miss. And, and I guess, Damian, just to, to open up again, we were talking about how all these washed-up scrubs like Bo Jackson and Earl Campbell and Marcus Allen, you were better than them. But but when you think about in the context of Southern Miss, uh, Go-Go Gary, uh, Sam D.R. There, I can't even my brain. D.J.R.N.E.T. Thank you. D.J.R.N.E.T. Yeah. D.N.I.X., whom I, I played with, Tony Smith, all these guys Sammy were Wander. exceptional. Sammy Wander. Thank you. Yeah. And you're at the top of those guys. I mean, how does that make you feel sometimes when you reflect on that? Hey, I have to say, statistically, I'm going to top those guys. Um, coach Nix was my running back coach my first year there. And I was like, damn, I got some shoes to fill. This guy, he was an absolute monster, even when I was when, uh, when he was coaching me, man. You could look him up and down and be like, man, that is a beast right there. And I was able to go back and look at some of his film. And if he would have stayed healthy, there's no doubt he's, he's, he is probably the greatest running back that came through Southern Miss, no lie, in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, he was exceptional, and and you know Kelly, that that is a pretty impressive list, Bob. That is a pretty impressive list right. that we just rattled off. Southern Miss, when you look back historically, uh, how how good the running backs have been. No question about that, Damien. You played uh, obviously. Uh, you were recruited by Jeff Bauer. You played for Jeff Bauer and, and pre Coach Fedora. Uh, I just wonder what what was the vibe on that team. I, I know as a fan. Uh, in those days, we, we were so confident that we felt like our team could beat anybody anywhere in the country, and we traveled to watch that. But what was, oh, the, yeah. what was the atmosphere like on a Jeff Bauer football team? Man, you hit it on the head. It was uh, anyone, anywhere, anytime. We didn't, we didn't care your record, uh, who you had on your team, who the coach was, who the star player was. We're coming in, and we're coming in hard. Like, we're coming to win. Like, we're not there to – to lay down or play a money game, we're coming to win. So the atmosphere was was very much um, hard. Like I would say, like just hardcore. Like it was like we we're coming to play to win. Like we were gonna play na- yeah, the nasty bunch. We're playing nasty on on off. I mean, on defense. We're gonna hit you in the mouth. And then uh, that was one of the things. Like everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. You know. So right. you can have all these great players and and think you're better than us, but we're gonna come in and play hard and hit you every single play. Luke made a point to me a couple of weeks ago about the current football program, and and Luke played on those types of teams, of course, that you're talking about, and and he said mm-hmm. the kids today probably don't have an understanding of that. I mean, they they don't have they don't have the confidence that you guys had because they haven't had the experiences that you guys had, and I include Luke in that group. You think there's a lot to that? I mean, you got to know what it's like to to feel like you can beat anybody. Am I right? Yeah, it's, it's carried over by the older guys, like the seniors and uh, some of the the leaders on the team. That the atmosphere, the culture that 
it comes from essentially from it's something you can't be taught. You have to kind of go through it, and and uh, that leadership is instilled in you, and then you pass it on to these younger guys, and it's kind of contagious, and then it it just rolls over into the next year. But if you don't have it, then there's there's nothing to go off of. Continuing our discussion with former Southern Miss running back Damian Fletcher. Uh, Fletcher, we mentioned in the off in the off uh, in the commercial break, we were discussing about how you were glad that you played when you did because there was not the distraction that there is today with social media. Tell us oh, yeah. more. Tell us more about how you feel about all that. Man, I don't know how some of these guys focus with all the different types of social medias and the TikToks and Instagram and all these different things. It's a uh, to me, man, that takes a lot away from, uh, like me, I was big in the film room and studying and stuff like that. I don't see how these guys focus when you got all these different dances to learn and all this uh, catchy stuff that all the kids are into, and I'm sure that they're into. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how they focus. <laughs> and and what makes it different as well is, is back when you were playing, news media was more pristine in the fact that they reported facts. And, and didn't just go off on tangents and just saying anything they wanted to say. Um, so, and I would imagine as a player, you wanted, if you were going to be criticized or praised, that it was legitimate. Yes, yes definitely. Uh, I feel like that, that's a form of bullying if they're coming and they're saying negative things or things that aren't true that can really affect a player or, or a team if it's uh, misinformation. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners are going, man. With all these numbers, you know, he had to have landed somewhere in the NFL. Just tell us real quick. It didn't. You, you mentioned it really didn't work out with the Rams, but you just weren't a good fit for that system. Tell us a little more. Yeah, uh, I got my shot with a, with a team, and and it was just it wasn't the right fit for me, and that, that comes into effect. It's a big effect on a lot of players. You have to be in the right system at the right time. You know, if you're not, you only got a short window to try to you know, get in there, find another team or whatnot. So, yeah, this didn't pan out for me. Yeah, well, see, if you would have been taken by the Bengals, you'd have fit because they they stunk and could have used any help, you know. Right, yeah, but, definitely. If I would have went to a team that, you know, was a little more, uh, you know, used a third down backer, which is very very common now. The game has changed a lot since I played. Right. Uh, a guy like me, would, I, I think I would have did well in today's league. Right. Luke, you got anything else for Damien before we let him go? Yeah, Damien, we, uh, when, when we were going through the list, somehow we did manage to overlook the uh, 2007 Connerly Trophy, which, which I think is probably the greatest accomplishment that you had at Southern Miss. I mean, other than you know being the all-time rushing uh, running back and with touchdowns and all that, I mean, to represent Southern Miss on the statewide level and to be selected – as the greatest uh, football player for that year in the in the state of Mississippi, I mean, going back and that was only in in your sophomore year. What did it mean for you at the at the time? And then you know, as you look back now, over a decade later, what does it mean for you now? Yeah, man, it just it really meant a lot to be able to represent Southern Miss and my teammates. And uh, by that time, we we kind of knew Coach Bauer was on his way out. So for him to have a player win that, you know, on his way out, I, I, I'm glad I was able to do that for him as well. Because he meant a lot to me in, in bringing me to Southern Miss. So uh, that's by far my favorite um, accolade. Yeah, and well-deserved. And I apologize for overlooking that. Was- and, and what made that big, too, is I think everybody kind of acknowledges there there tends to, in the voting for the Connerly Trophy, right. there's a right. bias toward Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It means State. a lot to Southern Miss fans when our guys win. That. Of course, yeah. because the, the deck is stacked a little bit against them to begin with. Right. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, one last question before we let you go, Damien. If we can contact the NCAA and get you a COVID season, would you be willing to come back and play? <laughs> I'm down. I'm still in shape, baby. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to pass out on the first play. <laughs> I am uh, I'm not in shape, Bob, but if while you're asking for Damien, if they can get me another one, I'll I might check try in, I'll something. I'll check into that for you, too, Luke. I did see you run that 40-yard dash. I, I was going to say, but, but they'll only give it to you if you can run a 5-1 for Now, l- let's yeah. ask real quick. Let's ask. Okay, okay, I'm a 38-year-old washed-up heavyweight, and you know what position I play, Damien. On air on the Eagle Hour in May, I ran a five two forty. Now I know oh, wow. that might not mean anything to Getty and, and Santer, but I mean just just comments <laughs> instruct them about how difficult that is. Hey, that's good, man. Shoot, thirty eight <laughs> running the five two, bird. You're moving. You're rolling. <laughs> oh, it was a sight to behold. I'll tell you that. He, he, didn't, he didn't give you the other part though. He couldn't walk for two weeks afterwards. Dave. He he forgets about that part. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah. <laughs> real quick before we let you go, folks love to know uh, where our guys are and what they're doing. Where are you, Damien, and, and what's going on in your life these days? I'm uh, down in D'Iberville, uh, Mississippi. I'm between there and New Orleans. Uh, got two kids now, five and ten, a daughter, for, daughter and a son. And um, I, I actually own the candy shop. I don't know if y'all seen a couple in Hattiesburg area, but those are my CBD stores. Oh, okay. So go check them out. I got you. All right, Damon. Hey, great conversation. Great pleasure having you on the show. I want you to know, man, you are welcome on the Eagle Hour just any time. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Damian Fletcher, everybody, the all-time leading rusher. You know, I, I did overlook that about the Connerly Trophy, but you guys are right. When a Southern Miss kid wins the Connerly Trophy, they're so much damn better than everybody else in the state. They just have no choice but to give it to them. Yeah, yeah, because, and, and you know, I, I'm sure the Connerly voters would dispute what I said, that, oh, no, everything is on the up and up. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't take, as my dad would say, a rocket surgeon right. to, well, to figure that, right, that out. Right. That state the, uh, the, the people in charge of that this year, rem- remember, couldn't couldn't even get Arvin Fletcher's uh, position right. Couldn't even get his side of the ball right. He was listed as an outside linebacker. So oh, there you go. Yeah, Damian Fletcher, great interview, great personality. We had a lot of fun with him off the air uh, as well as on the air. But, but I got to tell you, last time he was in town, you know, we we got together and talked a little bit, and I I mentioned to some of the other college students that were in the crowd. I said, you know who that is right there? And they said, no, who? And I said. Damian Fletcher. They go, uh... Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Damian was only here 10 for, years ago, and they uh, didn't know who he was. We're forgotten. They don't They don't remember us. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great time with Damian Fletcher, former Southern Miss running back, and a great, great time just reliving some of those. And, and again, uh, the 2007 Connerly Award winner for Southern Miss. Only, uh, only four Eagles have won that. Rod Davis, Michael Boley, 
Damian Fletcher and Austin Davis. And so appreciate Damian's time today for segment brought to you by the previously mentioned DBAT and D1 Training. Help me run a 5240. Can help you also. They're located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, excited uh, tomorrow, guys. Fall practice for baseball opens up. They'll have six weeks on the practice uh, schedule this fall, looking uh, to go after a six-consecutive 41 season, 18th NCAA appearance. I know we're excited about that. Big big show tomorrow, Bob. Uh, Scott Berry will be there on the opening day of practice as we enter a football homecoming weekend. But to talk more about fall practice, Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. No question. Two-hour Eagle Hour tomorrow, 1 to 3 o'clock. We appreciate TeleSouth giving us that extra hour. We'll be broadcasting in Midtown outside of Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Should be beautiful weather for that. Coach Scott Berry, as Luke said on the show, Reggie Collier on the show, Justin Harris, the owner of Fuzzy's, Melissa Socher with a really big announcement about something very special that the Eagle Hour is really happy to be a part of. And booked just this afternoon, big, nasty Jim Carmody on the show tomorrow, too, Kelly. It's going to be a lot of fun. He is alive and well and as sharp as he ever was. And uh, it's great to get perspective now. You know, from some of those guys who were so intimidating, you know, back in the day. No question. So we're really looking forward to that. Hope you can tune in tomorrow. If you're if you're in the area, stop by. The guys will uh, be right outside, and uh, we're going to have uh, uh, Caleb Hamill's going to be with you, producing and co-hosting, uh, and I'll be here in the studio. We're going to have to work on this. You guys are at all the restaurants having fun, and I'm back here. You're Bob. You're the, the boss. Load, carrying the load. You're the boss. You well, can, I, well, under another circumstances, yeah, I would have Mergens here producing this show, but he's on vacay, so we don't want to interrupt his you. vacation. But Luke, you um, were, Luke, you were talking about those Connerly Award winners, and only four from Southern Miss, and it's interesting because Damian Fletcher's numbers are the ones that really jump out, but it was the other other three that had good NFL careers. Long NFL careers and 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 achieved at the very highest level. I think that's kind of interesting that Damian Fletcher was talking about. It's all about the fit, you know. It's not necessarily about the it numbers. Is, and and Fletch would have uh, he said this. Fletch would have been a very 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 good third down back in today's game. He because in college he was able to be a bell bell cow back. You know, and one of the things and, and he, he even has admitted it. He didn't have top end elite speed. He was a you know a high four five low four six guy so, somewhere in that area, and so he was the I, I think he said this before and I've heard other people say within twenty yards he was the quickest guy on the field he was the fastest guy on the field I've re- I've rarely seen somebody with the type of balance um, that he had and you know of course everybody remembers him jumping over uh, defensive backs but yeah it just it was it was one of those things where just like when you look back with Reggie Collier you know it. The uh, it, had he been born, you know, or played fifteen to twenty years later, I know Reggie doesn't like to think about that, but you know, it, it, he would have revolutionized the game then. And so Fletch would have been in, in today's game; he would have been an ex- ex- extraordinary um, on third down back. And and this is something else, just to, to mention how dominant he was at Southern Miss. So right now he's fifteenth all time in rushing in NCAA history. 
Okay, NCAA history. When he got done at Southern Miss, he was he was ninth. And there's actually been five guys from 2010 onward that have passed him up. But Damian Fletcher from Southern Miss, 15th all-time. Edo Smith is 61st all-time. So in the top 61 rushers in NCAA history, too, from Southern Miss. But the fact that everybody, you know, it, just from memory, thinks how great Edo Smith was. And he was. But... He's sixty first. Continue, yeah, and I'm gonna make this point about Damian Fletcher too. I think it's fair to say he played in an era where we didn't see all this spread offense. So fair much. enough, fair and enough. So people defensively were more geared towards stopping the run in those days, and he still accomplished those numbers. Yeah, fifteenth in the country. Boy, I didn't. Once again, Luke, our numbers guy, comes up with some history, really good stuff in, yeah. in history. There was his senior year was actually. He, he only rushed for right over 1,000 yards, but 1388, 1586, 1313. He averaged, for his career, y'all, he averaged over five yards a carry. On top of that, he had 900 yards receiving, 46 total touchdowns, 44 on the ground in four years at Southern Miss. And he was not a big guy, okay? Remember, Luke was telling the story about, you know, stand up. Well, he did, and nobody saw him. So a great champion of of how how hard you work and how big your heart is. You know, that you you can't accomplish it. He showed him, didn't he? He sure did. Tell that that man to stand up. That man ain't going to play here. That man too short. Well, he wasn't. And um, Coach Coach Rod, Coach Rod, Coach Bauer, why are you recruiting that man? Everybody we got is taller than that man. Well, the numbers speak for themselves. The numbers don't lie. Great interview. We really appreciate Damian coming on the show. Also want to thank Brian Morrison. Very informative interview. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. Two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. That's pretty rare. We're looking forward to it. And until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.